Hey everyone, welcome to the island. Um, just a heads up, this week's episode had quite a few audio issues. Uh, hope you bear with them and don't um, don't swim away from our little island because we need you <laughs> and you're a really good fan. So um, if you could really understand that we had some really bad uh, audio issues this week, but we had a really awesome guest in Shanice Elias. Now we tried to to edit it as well as we can, I think. Uh, keep in mind that we're just starting out. This is our, this is our second episode. We promise it will get better. But the, Shanice was a great guest. We had a lot of fun. So yeah, um, welcome to the island. Welcome again. Thank you for rowing over with your dinghy and and arriving here to hear us talk. Welcome to the island, Quentin Island, your host, Skunk McMuffin 2000, my second co-host. I am here. Yeah. Thank goodness you're here. All right, so we, we had a fairly good week, I think, Skunk McMuffin. We had, we had 20 people that, uh, that listened to the show. One of them is here today as our guest. Her name is Shanice Alia Njovo. And She's starting over. <laughs> no, we're continuing where we left off. We're gonna keep it like organic or whatever. The show must go on. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Good. Sound okay. Wise, anyone dropping out of consciousness? Yeah. Uh occasionally, but it's I, okay, I it's manageable, right. I think. All right. Um. I mean, I wanted to start this off with something simple, but then at the same time. Dave, I, I uh-huh. think you got the easier questions. Start off with something, you know, not so difficult. Oh, we're going into question hour. This is so cool. Hello, Shanice. How yeah. are you, by the way? I <laughs> don't. never met, so I, I, I just feel. Yes, we have a. Yeah, we I, have a. I, I think I'm going to do this meeting thing now. Uh, Shanice, this is Dave. Dave, this is Shanice. And then this is he... so weird. I feel like uh, I'm shaking your hand. Can I shake my hand? I'm also virtually shaking your hand. Is that no, helps? But I've, I've told him tons about you. I've, I've raved about you. And then I've, I've, I've let him read like a bit of your stuff. And he's also like losing his mind. And people, people who listen to this might not understand. But they will in time, I think, in the years to come. And yeah, okay, introductions done. Dave, you may continue. Um, so Shanice, I've, I've read a lot of your stuff and it's really, really awesome work, by the way. Like, I feel like uh, me and Zeppo are like... You've read a lot of it? Who yeah, do I have to blame to, for this? Fuck and you? Yes, you can, Oh, wait, can I curse? It's all his fault. Right, okay, cool. And um, it's super awesome. And... Uh, Jeez, my question just went. Thank you. But anyway, I was wondering about this. You write a lot of uh, fantasy, and I was wondering, um, are you ever gonna venture out of fantasy? Because I'm sure you read widely. But like, I've been thinking about this um, because I also do fantasy as well. I've been thinking about getting out of that box, and I'm like, right. But all the other boxes look so weird and foreign are you ever gonna get out of that uh, fantasy box right okay so when i first started out right when i was writing short stories initially i was writing historical fiction i was reading a lot so it's kind of obsessed as i am uh but yeah i was writing a whole lot of historical fiction but then what i figured is um because you have to adhere to so much accuracy, you know, you yeah. have dates, you have things that have already happened, right? It's sort of restricting. But when you create your own world, I don't know what kind of fantasy, I write epic fantasy. When you create your own world, you have that freedom. So you can, you can write a thriller in fantasy, you can write drama in fantasy, you can write romance in fantasy. You can literally write anything in a world of your making. But I believe other genres don't because they're limited by so much worldness. Yeah. That's not it's a word, very, but yeah. Um, 
free. You can actually do whatever you want in fantasy, like historical fiction, romance, um, adventure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I totally get your point with that. That's something I hadn't actually considered. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. By the worldness is now going to be a word. Someone should patent worldness. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, no, that is a very, that was a very good question. I feel like someone has listened to that. They might have gotten some inspiration. But uh, I don't know. I feel like my questions are super long. But um, okay, here's one. <laughs> I think it might be a little bit more challenging. I mean, I've I know you. I've known you for like what the two two years, three years, something like that. Probably keeping time. Um, and you know, I've always you know screamed your praises from day one. And then people people probably get annoyed by my statuses where I just tell people that you know she's coming for Tolkien's throne, and people don't really get it, right? And uh, and then, but then at the same time, I feel like your accomplishments. You know the ones that you have, where you've written stories for other little companies and whatnot. Those things speak for you, right? Um, but you know, but at the same time, you never really truly feel like you write as well. As, right? I was saying, um, I feel like you never really, you never really feel like you write as as well as you should, and uh, you know. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's, that's how a lot of writers feel. But what do you, what do you think that is? What do you think as you really feel as well as you should if other people are like, oh, no, this is amazing. Right. Uh, well, I had somebody ask me recently uh, if I think I'm a good writer, right? Because we're um, we're talking about good writing in general and they asked me if I, I think I'm a good writer and I was I'm, I'm not nearly as good as I need to be and um, it just depends on you know um, be better than who you're trying to be as good as you know uh, I, I always use terrible people that like her you know you, you have to sort of make a decision if you want to be done you know, and if you want to be Daniel Steele, then you'll reach a point where you feel like you're good enough. But then, if you want to be Virginia Woolf, then you reach a Daniel Steele um, place, and and you you know you're gonna need to be twice as good to be, you know, where you have to be. That's a very curious uh, analogy. Using your writers as uh, what do you call goals? As goals, I think. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, no, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty. Cool. I mean, yeah, and then I, and I mean, you know, we, there's there's a lot of good writers. Then there's a lot of bad writers. Uh, one of the examples of bad popped into my head is whoever that lady is, Fifty Shades of Grey. You know. I, <laughs> <laughs> The lady who wrote 50 Whoever Shades of that Grey is. I never think of her as a good writer. <laughs> that was such an attack. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> type of things. If you're trying to be her, I don't know her name, but if you're trying to be her, you know, then, yeah. yeah. But, but then, I mean... I, you I know, she writes like a five-year-old, so you were, you were good <laughs> at five. people, she's a good writer because, she, you know, she's got New York bestseller under her name or something. So, you know, eh, whatever. Right. I feel like you know you're never gonna reach um, good good writer status. It's because it's not something that's objective. Like, are you wearing a t-shirt? Yes, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Or no, I'm naked. You know that that that's something you can tell. But good writing is always gonna be so subjective. Like you're probably like, oh my god, Fifty Shades of Grey, but her fans are probably like. This is the best book. <laughs> right. Okay. So with regards to that, right, what I can say is in as much as it is subjective, of it that are unquestionable, you know, there's there's something that where you can just read and be able to tell, okay, this is great, right? And have somebody else. There are some truths that are universal about yeah. writing. You know, everyone knows Shakespeare is yeah. great. 
in as much as we might not agree on everything, there are aspects of it that that tend to be objective in as much as it's a subjective, hmm. you know, issue. Very curious, yeah. yeah. Writing, writing truths. I mean, yeah, I can't argue with that. You think, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure when, when people start thinking really great, you know, if we're going to say fantasy, if someone's like really great fantasy authors, they're throwing names like Tolkien around, you start, you start, you know, start throwing names like Brandon Sorensen mm. and, and Patrick Rothfuss and George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. <laughs> Sounded like you were forgetting that. And then, and then another name that I, that I usually like to throw around. I oh, don't forget Molly James, of course, can't forget that guy now. <laughs> We're, we're gonna get oh, just one yeah. James, uh, and then another writer, you know, that, that David right. and I like mostly because we watched him, well, mostly because we read his books when we were younger, is one Rick Riordan. You know, he wrote a lot of um, mm. fan, he wrote a lot of mythology-based stuff. Mythology is pretty much his forte, more or less. Every Greek, single time, yeah, yeah. He, Greek, Egyptian. I think now he's doing a whole Norse mythology thing. Mm. Uh, but, but it's more for the younger kids. I think it's sort of outgrew it. I tried reading one of his books recently, and it was, it was good, but it was like, probably younger me would enjoy this more. You know? Right. But yeah, back to Marlon James. That's something that I wanted to get to. Yeah, you guys both read his book, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually reading another one right now. Ooh. Which one? Uh, oh. The Brief History of Seven Killings is about... Uh... No, I, 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 yeah, I have you read it? The cover, you know, author of A Brief History of Seven Killings. I myself want to read it. But yeah, what's it about? Uh, a lot of things because it's Marlon James. But uh, mostly it's about Jamaica and, you know, the night. Mm-hmm. 70s, you know, um, and Bob Marley in that time and the influence that he had and the influence that America had and how, you know, it's just, it's a lot because, you know, Marlon James, but it's it's amazing. The writing is, he lives to shock yeah, that man. I mean, I mean, I remember, I remember, uh, listen, I remember when you posted the first page of, of uh, Black Leopard. And then I was like, what is this? And then I asked you, and you told me what it was, and I was like, I'm getting it. Then I read it, and I was just hooked. Couldn't put the thing down until you finished it. And then I read it again, because that's how good it is. Right. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah? So I could get through it again. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, So another, I had a question, Marlon James. I mean, they, they, this, I'm not the word. I can't find the word for it, but you know, when, when I read I couldn't think that you know, it reminds mm-hmm. me of, uh, of one of your stories. Um, it, it wasn't Corey's. You know, oh. It was, it was the one, no, what is the title of that one? I think it was Pride of Noonlay. Do you know what happens in the I think story? That's the title of the story I'm thinking about. But anyway, it reminded me of. Is it is it Pride of Noonlay? If I'm pronouncing that right. Oh yes, that's that's yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah. that's the book so, that's coming so does, out. Yeah, the Pride of oh Noonlay. Oh my God, book coming out? She does. Didn't I tell you this? Yeah, I do. I do. It's a it's an anthology, a collection of short stories. Yeah. This is a celebration. <laughs> Could like you know. <laughs> No, yeah. So, so I can't wait to read that, and people are gonna. I'm gonna bother everyone to read that. Totally gonna. Bother. Yes, all, all our twenty listeners have to read that. Right. <laughs> all twenty. <laughs> they have to get it. Right. Daddy is getting for everyone they know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, right. One of my questions, you know, um, what's this? Based on the whole Marlon, based on having read Black and Red Wolf, I mean Black Leopard Red Wolf file, and having read your stories, right? Um, this question sort of links in with, with something where, where I'm like, you, you probably, I mean, you're probably the most literally acute person I have ever met in my life, right? Oh, and, and you know, there's the, oh, nothing, thank you. There's, there's nothing great that I feel like you've never read. And that being said, 
you know, I, I know Tolkien is is a huge influence on on how when you having started having having started writing, and so is George R. R. Martin. You know, what other um, writers yeah. or literary pieces would you say, you know, convinced your younger self that oh yeah, I, I really want to write now? Right. Right. Um, well, I've I've always written. Uh, at some point, I thought I've always written. Yeah. Uh, different things, but I was. Uh... And we are back. And we're back. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I was. I was solid three minutes <laughs> and, it, until I realized last week. <laughs> so as I was saying, I don't know okay. how much of that you heard, but yeah, uh, but as I was saying, I read a lot of Wilbur Smith, how I started writing historical fiction, but um, my fantasy influences and um, I read a lot of Joanne M. Harris, as well as Patrick Rothfuss. They don't write the same type of but they have a similar view on 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 magic, like on household magic, on quiet, on quiet magic, and on scientific magic, which is something that I try and feature in my that I like instead of this, you know, elaborate abracadabra. I believe that magic, if there is such a thing, exists in that form, you know, in, in the in the quiet, subtle magic. So those are the are some of my influences. But I read everything, man. I read a lot of classics. Yeah, I like a lot of old things, as you know. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I just thought of a follow-up question. Magic-wise, um, your magic is, I don't want to say simplistic, because it makes yeah. it sound like it's, it's not good. But I want to say it's, it's, it's simple enough for most people to understand. But at the same time, it's so complex and beautiful. Where you're like, okay, that is, that is really good, you know? Because... Uh, um, off, off the top of my head, I think the 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 best bit of magic I've read, when I've read, uh, not that all the others are not that good, they all could, they all really good. But I think the one that I liked the most was the one in in Stone Thrower, where um where, where where she brought the castle down and everything. I was like, okay, that is that is a really cool piece of magic. So how would you do? You have, would you say you have a process to how you structure magic for a certain story? Or a certain character in your world. Mm. A lot of fantasy fans, people that read fantasy, um, they always say, "I like your your magical structure, or whatever." When they read my stories, I didn't know that was that was a thing when I was writing it, but it's something that I'm discovering as I'm discovering the world. You know, like um, the different aspects of of magic. You know, uh, the, the people from She can call the wind, the people from uh, Nila can do this. Uh, I don't I know if you remember the walking fish, but then you know, the people from Malaya have their own sort of warrior magic. But yeah, it's, it's something that I'm discovering as I go along. It's not something that I set down and like instructed. I'm not, I, I'm, unfortunately, I've never been that type of writer that structures, I've never been that type of person that structures. I just, you know, it comes and I put it down, and yeah. So the the real magic is in the editing. Yeah, out she, the nonsense. I, um, That's very interesting. I actually wanted to ask mm, about that. But what did that? Mean? Um, you wanted to I was ask. Thinking that? about this lately, um, I'm I'm sort of going about my process and sort of changing how I think about writing, um, and how I go about it. And so I've been, I, I usually just start and just go <laughs> and just go with it. And then sort of like my knowledge right. of the story grows as I write. And I've been okay with that for the longest time. But lately I've been thinking, well, let me see what, what the grass is like on the other side. And I've been actually trying to plan things. Like, um, have you ever like experimented with like different um approaches to writing have you like tried planning and then like gone the completely different way 
Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in broke, if you're in broke, right? That, that's what it says. Yeah, if you're in broke, uh, the way, <laughs> right? Um, uh, this is how I've always written. Listen, it's not, uh, it's not a science for me. You know, at least not in the regurgitating beginning where literally thing out. You know, so. It is sort of like, I don't know if it's the same for y'all, but it's when you have a story, it's like, you know, there's something that just needs to get out and you, you're going through that initial phase. You know, Joanne Harris says writing is a possession of sorts that's not altogether benign. And, and you know, you, you're in that point where you just want to, you know, give up the ghost, so to speak. So you're just trying to get everything out. And then from there, you know, uh, I... I don't know if Q did the Stephen King thing, but uh, he talks about it as well, where you first you write with the door closed for yourself to get it out the door, and then you, you write for the world. That's the editing. That's as important as the first yeah. part. It's not, no, yeah, I, I remember, I remember but it's, reading this. It's important where you literally sort out the shit. Mm, where you sort out the shit and like you take out the parts of the story that are not the story. Like I said, it's not yeah, fun, editing, but yeah, it's 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 the best part of, of of writing for me. It's like that's where that's where everything. But also, oh my God. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's true. Because I mean, I mean, it's 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 like it's like it said, uh, when when you when you quote uh, that, you know, when, when you get a story, it's basically a possession. Because I mean, sometimes when you get a really really good story. You just can't get it out of your head until you put it into words. But then, you know, there's there's those times, mm. you know, that are either few and far between or frequent, depending on how how you feel during that time. Where where you, where you where you will come with the story, you put it into words, then you're left empty, and then you have pages or something, and then you're stuck. You've you've put you feel like you've put as much as you can into it, but you feel like there's a lot more to it. How do you sort through? the what the proverbial writer's block as they call it right and a, a lot of writers hate me for this i don't exactly get writer's block i know it's a shit thing to say i should lie shouldn't i but like uh, <laughs> uh but no i get what you're saying like um you you have written as as you said a lot of it like there was the, you go through that initial phase where you know you you're crazy you're writing all day and night and and then afterwards you know you you sit there and it isn't as fun for yes. you anymore mm-hmm. you're not as motivated to to put it down or or whatever uh, again Stephen fucking King I'm sorry he knows everything he said you know. <laughs> you just write your way through it you literally how you've dealt with yourself since you're a child like as a writer right mm-hmm. i'm sure you write yourself through everything right um Lynn manuel miranda also said it you know he said i wrote my way out so you, you just write even if it's nonsense even if it doesn't make sense at that time you just write until you can write so and that's a lot of things actually. I don't know if that makes any sense. Something that I actually learned um, this past month doing Primal, where I just get 50,000 words down. And because of my, my usual blocks, mm-hmm. they're not really blocks. They're just me looking at the words that I have in my head and going, I don't actually like that. So I'm not going to write until I, I find something I like. But in this case, I just had to put it all down. And then eventually, thousands word dates a thousand words mm-hmm. later you just realize oh okay I, i've got it now i can i can do this i can go <laughs> and and each time you meet a block you just have to sort of mm-hmm. run through the wall uh, <laughs> i know that's a weird story, but just you just have writing right mm-hmm. right that's also where like short stories are great yeah. you know because they're like instant gra- right, you get through it, it's done. when you're writing a book it's it's so long isn't it and and you're writing it and you're writing it and you're not finishing it and you don't see an end in sight those are great that's a great time to like just write a little story you know like because those end and you get to see something that's finished but you also need to be careful with those because they're quite addictive you know to the point where you're actually not doing what you're supposed to be doing as you know 
right. Okay. Um. So so I mean, there, there's there's the age old question that uh, that a lot of that we as writers get asked, like uh, a lot of the time, and it it uh, and the question is where. Where, where do I, where do your ideas come from? That, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, that's a question that comes from a lot of people. And I always remember something that, 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 that Stephen King said, and I'll paraphrase it. I remember the exact same words. Um, you know, basically said that stories are always there, uh, but you know, writers, your servers, conduits to bring them out. Is that, mm. yeah? So, so as, as for mm. your idea process, I mean, like you said, it's a possession, but. Is would you say maybe there's there's a specific right? Yeah. I didn't say that. Joanne did. No. You say, would you say there's a specific thing that just clicks, or is it just does it just hit you? Right. Um. Yes. Uh. No. No. There was no. Was Stephen no, King. No. Should I stop? Uh, in the book on writing, he's he started a band, right, with uh, Barbara Kingsolva. She's amazing. She's also a writer and a bunch of other writers. And then he talks about it. It's like they all sit there. You know, he says we're all and we don't ask ourselves, we don't ask each other where we get ideas because we all know we don't know. But uh, I do believe in something that Marlon James also said at the end of Black Leopard Red Wolf. I uh, don't know if you saw that bit, but he says, you know, a good story you uh, find. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's You find and you just, that. you remember that part, right? At the end, she's like, yes, a good story is already there. We just, you know, we serve as, um, mm. what, as channels? You know, like when, yeah. you know, there's a demon, you know, yeah, somebody serves yeah, as yeah, a, a conduit. Yeah. <laughs> we exactly like that, whatever vessels that were like vessels for these stories that are already there. I I I, I believe that uh, to a certain yeah, that, extent. That's pretty good, pretty good. And then uh Jesus, there's some the follow up that just escaped. Uh okay. Anyway, while I think I'm trying to bring this thing back, what do you what do you have on your end? Um so you said something super interesting, both of you guys about um getting story ideas. And I remember hearing um a while back, um, I don't know where I heard it from, but there was this idea that like the process of, of you getting ideas about anything, about stories, about art, about um, any anything like that, um, sometimes it's almost like there's a little fairy that comes to you in the night, like as you're, as you're in your dreams and it just whispers something to you and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, you just have this thing that you need to get out. It didn't come from anywhere. It was just there. It's, it's sort of always been there, but it's but it's now come to the forefront of your mind and clearly. And in those moments, that's when like you can see the scenes clearly, and you can see the whole story, or you can see the novel. And do you, do you guys think there's any? Do you think do you guys think there's any way that like? there's something mythological about how we get story ideas. I don't know. You, you, you want to take this one first or should I? Q, you want to take that? Mythological is such a term, isn't it? Yeah. That's the term yes, we're going with? Mythological is too... Mythological is too... Uh, mystical, magical. That, that one's more <laughs> speed, I think. Of course, it's magic. It's fucking <laughs> alchemy. What we do, it's hell yeah. <laughs> that that has never been a doubt in my mind that this. Is... It's um. What what did she call it? Um. Fuck, um. Joanne Harris calls it layman alchemy, mm. like God. Okay, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I've seen um George R. R. Martin actually talk about um. He makes distinction. He uses gardening a lot um, when he's talking about different types of authors. You know, the architects and the gardeners. <laughs> and yeah. He talks about some people grow the story, and like the architects sort of have it all uh, uh, planned Laid out, or or built out. You know, um, but and that's super interesting to me. 
Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, now, now, now we're going to jump into something that's similar, but sort of a bit different. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of adaptations flying around. I mean, they've been flying around for like the last 10 years, I think. Uh, novel adaptations turned to, to movies, turned to series. And I remember Dave and I sort of talked about this uh, a, a little while ago about, um, it was It Chapter 2. And I was telling him that it, I think I think it chapter two was a garbage movie. And it was it was good like the first twenty minutes. Then it just then it just became a really shit film, you know. Uh, in terms of adaptations, do you, do you have like a do you have one that you watched where like this is this is good, or you know okay let let me, let me put it this way: two adaptations you think are good, two adaptations you think are horrible. Right. The screen. To uh, TV or to film, mm. or both? Yeah, both, both good and horrible. You yeah. said both. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, well, obviously, fucking Game of Thrones. Horrible. Uh, yeah. So obviously, you know, you know how much I care about this. I have yeah. <laughs> a whole, a whole thing, a whole tattoo dedicated to this. I love this book. I've loved. A long time, and um, Song of Ice and Fire, and then it was adapted by HBO. You know, I was excited. First season came out, changed my life. Second season came out, I liked it. Third season, I liked it. Fourth season, <laughs> open the toilet, down the shitter. You know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but yeah, obviously that's the the obvious one. I stopped watching after season four, so I don't know what happened after. But yeah, bad one. Another bad one. The other? Uh, okay, then. Okay. I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, Steve, oh, it. No, but I, I like the first it. I haven't seen the second. The second one was bad. They, they, they okay, really... but good ones then. I would say. Um... Okay, yeah, I don't know if you've read yeah, Wuthering. But... Yeah, read it One of my favorite here. books. Uh, it it's been adapted a thousand times, but my favorite adaptation is uh, the 2011 yeah. one where Heathcliff was black. It was very clever. It was insanely clever. So that that's one. Uh, yeah, I'll think about this later. I read Withering Heights. Wait, do I know if you've read it? So there's a place where I read Wuthering Heights. Like, really? Where is that? Like, it starts with a D and goes tension, but I, I can't say the rest um, for, for legal reasons. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> so I was basically in this place where I couldn't... I, I, I was sort of arrested anyway oh so, right right i remember i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure you were sort there. of a let, let, let's call it detention let's call it detention and that's where i read it and it was awesome i was in did you like what <laughs> but that book just drew me in <laughs> it was, it's okay oh it was, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a really good book it is and I mean, okay. What about you know how how you feel about other other adaptations? I th- I think the most recent one, but it's good. It is the King. It's not based off a book or whatever, but then it's adapted of it's adapted of something. The King with with, yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, I can't bring my you. I have this thing that's a bit weird, like everything else, but. I, I have to sort of work up I mean, to watch. I feel you. And I still haven't worked up to the king. I watch like little glimpses every now and then. Yeah, no, do you know I, why I, that I, is though? Because you do like them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's just the way I work, bro. And once I watch them, I literally watch it on a loop for like Maybe that's why days you on end. Because you don't want to get stuck in the loop. <laughs> I kind of do though. I need to work up to it. It's it's just another one of my things. Yeah, no, there are a lot I know, of them. I know how many. There's a lot of them. They, they, you literally have a session <laughs> where, I mean, I think the most frequent one that I know of in terms of watching stuff 
is is River Phoenix. I think River is like something that I know that where, where I know that every few months you go through River Phoenix. My own private <laughs> Idaho. That shit yeah, is yeah, my no, shit. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And yeah, so so it's crazy. I wanna, um, I think yeah, I, I wanna write an article on 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 Joaquin, because I freaking love the Joker. Joker was. Joker was a revel- was a revelation. I love that thing. Yeah, if it doesn't win an Oscar for that, right? Can I ask you guys about adaptations though? Like one thing. Um, yeah. do, do you guys? How do you guys feel about the whole? Um, when they adapt something, they should keep it the same way, or do you think it's okay for them to make sensible changes? Because I think of one of my favorite recent adaptations, um, it's The Magicians, which is based on the Lev Grossman novel um, of the same name. I think there's a trilogy, actually. Um, And I read the first novel, and then I watched the series, and they go different directions, but it's still the spirit of it. And, and, And I couldn't, I couldn't, like, get angry because I was like, yeah, it's still the spirit of it. And I actually felt like it got better. I don't know. Do you guys think it's okay for them to make changes? Because I know that's a like a big thing. You know, when you say that, like a lot of things popped up in my head. First of all, I mean, we we, we do talk Game of Thrones a lot in terms of in terms of adaptations that sort of went left field. They, they, I mean, they had sensible changes. You know, sort of that that still aligned with the book from season one to season four, and then from there, yeah, you know, is it another game of that I haven't kind seen? Kind of changed the whole thing, and then another one that this one, Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows. I expected everything to be in there. Sensible changes could have been done, but they didn't. It didn't. What's his name? Whatever that dude, that mm. idiot director's name is. They didn't stick with the core of the story, and then he did the same thing again with the, with the follow up in. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I mean, right. this version of Grindelwald is it's okay, but eh, it's still it's, it's just something he's not doing right. But yeah, sensible adaptations are okay as long as they work. If they don't work, then it's not a good thing. That's what I think anyway. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, well, it depends. Yeah, if if it doesn't take away from the story, then I don't mind it too much. But I've been accused of being a purist, and so yeah, I'm I'm possibly the worst person to ask. But you know, like in a Game of Thrones, for example, like they just did it for the sheer sake of it. No purpose. They're like, we're just gonna do this. It's like they even they were doing it to piss us off. They're like, we know that people are gonna get angry. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, but. Um, things like in in um what is this the hobbit you know when they gave us a little romance with tariel and keely it's not in the books but i don't mind it i like it even a little bit you know when nobody's around so like um it's still yeah don't, don't change the big things otherwise keep, keep, yeah they should just stick to how yeah, it was yeah, properly done yeah. as long as the big things change, yeah they yes yeah, the important the stuff. stuff needs to stay the same um right now this question mm. is gonna be a little heavy. It was partly in, partly inspired by um All right. by, what's it, by, by by one hosier. I know. Uh, <laughs> and we all know how much you love hosier. Well not the listeners, I know. Yeah, so <laughs> and so, Should, so what was that sound? <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't know I was capable. (laughs) So um, I I cannot repeat it. Yeah. Oh, it might happen. It was a once-off. But so yeah, no, we know Hosea is like a really (laughs) is a feminist amongst feminists, and in this world we live in, more and more people, more and more people popping up. Some of them are true feminists. Some of them are quote unquote feminists, and you know. you know, right. so, so so right now, in the world that we live in, everyone's trying to push the female angle, 
not like eighty percent of people are getting it wrong because they they going mm. up they going up about it as the whole men against women sort of thing, which isn't what feminism is. I mean, we know this, but um, you know, in the woke no. era that we live in, people people don't really understand what it is, and and I think big stars also don't understand what it is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna name names, but Jay is not gonna like it. But Elizabeth Banks, right? She <laughs> she came out and she attacked everyone mm. about how if they don't go and see Charlie's Angels, they sexist and how Charlie's Angels is meant to be this big powerful film so for everyone I feel like you even and... said it there you said she came out and attacked everyone no she said <laughs> she... I didn't write that but I, but that's how I feel and then so so her base so her angle was basically um people don't mind going and seeing male-fronted movies but they 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 anti-feminist and hateful when they don't see a female-fronted movie like Charlie's Angels do you think, um, uh, like, you know, in the time we live in now that people are, are sort of um, using, you know, feminism as a shield to, uh, to assist, to prevent people from calling their stuff bad just because it's female-fronted? Well, it's not new this where human beings champion whatever it is that's popular at the time solely because it's popular at the time. You know, it's 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 age old, it's something. Uh in terms of the Elizabeth Banks thing, you know, if I'm you know, if I've made a thing, if I've written a story and I look at it and I realize I'm also going to, you know, I'm only human. I'm going to adhere to my humanness. I am going to try and figure out ways, you know, to get people to buy my story in spite of its, you know, lackings. And whatever's popular at the time is probably the best. Mm, Uh, I haven't seen Charlie's Angel. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I just know that, you know, feminism. Yeah, feminism has nothing to do with any of her BS. And obviously, I've, I've spoken to you about this before, but it's people like her, you know, it's our problem and chauvinists and all that nonsense. You know, one of our main problems is other women as well, other feminists uh, claiming what we are, you know, championing their version of feminism, which then, um, as you said, it's like it's men versus women, which has... It's not it at all. It really, really isn't. No. And yeah, it's just people taking us back another 50 years when it's taken us, you know, 100 years further. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's one I of those things. That, I that. It did take a, I mean, I mean, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put over someone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put over this episode, uh, Cry Power. It was episode one. It was episode one. Yeah, it was episode one with Annie Leno. That's... Yeah, that that episode is beautiful. Yes, listen to it, Dave. Go listen to that episode. I will try. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause you're being amazing the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Right. So. So. I, I mean. I. I've got another question, but Dave, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. I feel like I've been shutting you out. So. Uh, by the way, I, I just wanted to say the Elizabeth Banks thing. You know, I. I I think it's just, you know, you're desperate. I think Shanice said it. She's desperate. Um, and she, I think she was, she could see the bomb coming. And when you mm. see the bomb coming, you're like, man. Yes, you know when it? you've written shit. And, you and know. Like her, her, I think her quote was, um, look, people have to buy tickets to this movie too. This movie has to make money. If this movie doesn't make money, it reinforces a stereotype in Hollywood that men go, don't go see women do action movies. So I think she's which kind is, of living... which is crazy, you know. Speaking of that, sorry to interrupt you, but speaking of that, um, did you know that uh, more women uh went to see Last Blood than they did to go see Charlie's Angels? Wow, that's a fact. <laughs> crazy, but, but yeah, I think it just it, it her point is so so weird, like. If you're only gonna shout at the men, you also have to look at oh wait, how many women actually came to this movie? 
I think there's a there's a great uh, show on YouTube called Charting with Dan, and he actually listed a ton of movies, um, and there were all, all kinds of different movies. Um, there was the first Charlie's Angels, there was this Charlie's Angels, there was um, Wonder Woman, there was Captain Marvel. It's a bunch of like uh, female-led films, and it was like, this is how many women attended, but males attended. And you'd be so surprised. Males attended most of them so well. So she actually addressed that as well, though, that uh, a lot of these uh, movies that uh, have women as a lead and as an action movie. I, uh, she said that in their numbers are usually superhero movies that, yeah, they don't count. Yes, yes, that's what she said. So she covered all angles <laughs> because she made a ship movie. It's so weird to me. Like, uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, by the way, like the latest in people versus superhero films. Tepo, did you hear about the Willem Dafoe thing? Where What's he was like, uh, you know, you know, everybody's getting asked about about superhero films, right? Like, yeah. And they just don't want to just say, ah, next question. <laughs> so they keep answering. And Willem Dafoe is like, they're just too, too long, too noisy and overshot. Yeah. Um, so I believe on this IndieWire article, it says that um, there was an interview that he had and somebody asked him about working in Aquaman. And then his eyes curled into slits and... <laughs> which was really crazy to me. I was like, he really doesn't like this, this film. I just walked out of my room, by the way. That's the, that's oh, the that's sound you just heard. Okay. I, I needed to go get a pen or something. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think it's time we just stop asking people about superhero films. Like, I, I don't, I don't, but then I don't think that's going to stop. I mean, like Shanice said, it's, it's always onto, the, onto what's hot. Right now, superhero movies are the hardest thing in the world. I mean, everyone to just ask. Yeah. you know, it's, uh-huh. it's, 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 it goes back to the thing that we talked about in the first episode. There's certain things that are that always drown out other things, and it's not really anybody's business. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. Oh, by the way, guys, um, Temple, I I don't know when you had this on your list of things to talk about, but um. Like I wanted to do like an artist spotlight this week. Like, do you guys have any writers, directors, actors, uh, musicians? Um, maybe three, four, five people that you can think of that you like. When when whenever you see their work, you're like, wow, this person's really going for it. And I'll start because I, I know I could be putting you guys on the spot. Um, and Zeppo, you already mentioned Joaquin Phoenix, who I totally yeah. agree with. He's super good. Like, um, I remember seeing UNF here, and I was like, what is this thing? Um, and I like people who do daily, like people who go out of the way to make that maybe people won't necessarily like, but it'll be super um, artistically challenging. Um, and I actually spotlighted um, Florence Pugh, who's doing a lot of cool stuff. And she's having a great year, by the way. So okay. Florence Pugh did um, the lead role in Midsummer. She oh, was uh, in Fighting With My Family. She played Paige. She's in Little Women, which is coming out sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah Al- he looks Sorry. Really he looks good. things, man. Like he okay, looks I good enough. Agree. That guy is is very good looking. <laughs> he's beautiful, bro. He's fucking beautiful. Uh, Q and I literally once had a conversation where we spent an hour talking about his jawline. I think I think we we gotta do like a, a part two of this, but it has to be like a, a video. Uh, podcast and we should just be going through pictures of people <laughs> and going, oh my god, his jawline. <laughs> because that guy is insane. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, but Little Women also this year. So she's she's had 
three movies that are looking super, super good. And next year, she's in Black Widow. That's the thing that needs to happen pronto. Yes, continue. She's in Black Widow. She's in Black Widow. So she's probably going to maybe take over ScarJo's mantle. Maybe. I haven't seen the movie. Who knows? I I mean, (laughs) I I, I feel like it's mostly going to be her in the past. It's going to be Little Scarlet. Yeah, but it's not that far in the past. This is actually after Civil War, I think. Really? Yes, this oh. is not that far. I thought that too, but it's actually not that far in the past. I think okay. there's going to be moments past and then future. All right. Shanice, you back? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm back. I've been I'm sliding in. So, wait, did you finish your artist spotlight? I feel like you have like two more left. Um, I, we can do trades. I'm gonna do Florence Pugh now, and then you can go next. What do you What do you have? I mean, you know who I would name, but then I'm I'm gonna leave it this time. I'm not gonna name Joaquin. Uh, I'm gonna go with um. Who do I go with? So many people to think about. I don't know, man. I'm 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 gonna go with. Jeez, what? I don't know. Uh, what What's his name? Like the guy who was, you know, I'm terrible with names. People know this. So the guy who was who was the villain in Spider-Man Far From Home? Uh, Dave, uh Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, he has had a I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know the question, <laughs> but I know it's Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know, man. I you know, I always feel like people don't, don't put much spotlight on Jake Gyllenhaal because they 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 sort of underrate him. He's underrated, he's a I, is is one of the most underrated. Oh, he's brilliant! I know, I know. Brokeback Broke Mountain, Mar- Nightcrawler, Donnie Darko. You know. Um, How is he not got, Has he got an Oscar yet? I don't think. Oh, he has, I don't think he has an Oscar yet. He's not. It doesn't have one. Insane. I mean, I think in the last between between eighteen and now, uh, I I I think Sisters Brothers because it was really good, right alongside Joaquin Phoenix and and that dude. Oh. And then there was Velvet Buckingham, which was also really good. Um, and he played my namesake. He was Quentin Beck in, in Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, so he had, he had a fairly good year, you know. And then and then he's he's got like three different shows in production. So he's, he's been okay, I think. Shanice, mm-hmm. who you got? Uh, I, I was... I was afraid that you might mention him, and then in which case I would have had to come to yours, and then we would have had a conversation. Uh, Josier, he had an album this year, uh, Western Baby, fucking shattering. Uh, and he started a podcast, and, and he was nominated for a Grammy, but it's fine. We weren't expecting better. Um, yeah, and he's just he's just fucking mm, as he would. He always is. Literally, nobody writes like him. Nobody writes he's like him. He's really yeah, no, there's there's very few artists who can write like that. I just love like his voice. By the way, he's one of the best voices like in the world. <laughs> like, this just—it's so. Bruh. I, I don't know Bruh. how to describe it, but. It, like his voice is so nice. I could listen to that all day. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, otherworldly. I mean, and, then, and then there's the way he just plays the guitar. I mean, I don't think there's anyone who could match that, like right now. Mm. That. Uh, <laughs> he has yeah. this understanding. Like I don't really understand music all that well. Like in terms of, I'm pretty sure I'm tone deaf. But like, he has this understanding of like. Mm. Um. And like, remember when um, what's her name said he he's he's scandalous, and that's I mean, that's like one way I mean, to that's, to that's describe exactly him. Is what, fucking. Um, what's her name? But for me, like, yeah, that's, that's what I hear first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Literally, what I hear first in a song are the words, like because, like I said, I'm pretty sure I'm tone deaf, but like, and literally, he writes like a poet, not like any old poet, like. Like a great that true, poet. Yeah. That is true, because I mean, you, I mean, you, you, it's it's very it's very difficult to find to find good music where we live in the timeline we live in. 
there's a lot of really rubbish stuff just making to the surface. <laughs> that is truth. So yeah, Jose is like one of the few good things that we have, you know. So it says the guy who, yeah, it says the guy who wants to start mm, a band, up. you know, in 2020. Is that still a thing, by the way? Yeah. I wish I could join your band, man. I really want to. You, really you, you're you're probably something. the only guy with any musical experience who would join this band. But yes, the rest of us are literally just like the yeah. girls. Uh, you you know the girls, Stacy, and I know, yeah. they've been practicing their backup dances. It's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and Shanice, uh, Dave is the only. You know how to play drums. I'm told that I'm playing drums. Only guy could play something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but not not that well. Oh, Don't great! Yeah, we literally do need yeah, somebody who can. He's play being something. he's he's being he's being modest. I mean, he can play. He's being modest. But it's been a few years since you've seen me. I it's it's bad. <laughs> I, I, I quit. I don't know what it is, but like when I moved here, I just uh I I don't know. I I I just music doesn't hit me the same anymore, which sounds super sad when I say it. Like, that sounds heartbreaking. It sounds super sad when you say it. Like lost my music. Oh. <laughs> I feel like a, a little mermaid when when they stole her voice. That's that's how I feel. Wow, that is. But I'll... you yes. know what you need to do? Ah, yeah. Kitten Hansen. Have you ever listened to him? Yeah. 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 Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you, yeah. he will bring all yeah. the music wherever it is. He'll yeah, bring it back. I need it so bad. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Let me. There's this. There's this thing that I wanted to to discuss. This this one would be a lot. I don't, I don't think it'll be heavy, but it'll be. Heavy. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, I've discussed it with the both of you separately. Um, and it's a whole time thing. Where, where we feel like where, where we feel like time is running away from us or that or that we spend you know a lot of time just not using uh the, not using the things we were given you know writing and and with, with me and David right. the whole thing we want to chase the, the film thing how do you guys feel about do you, do you think that it's just us punishing ourselves you know uh, or is it like an actual thing? Because I, I, I always have people tell me, you're so young, and I'm like, dude, I'm fucking 24 this year, and you're telling me I have time. But I really don't. Is it is it just us punishing ourselves, or are we just being, or, or are we just being overly paranoid about the whole time thing? Mm. Who wants to go first? Jenny, so you're going to take this one? <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, sorry. Um, well, uh, I I have this conversation all the time with a lot of people, where you know, like uh, people my age, people our age, our age group, mm. you know, they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, you know, they they're achieving or whatever. But then I'm like, you know, people that I look up to, people that inspire. Yeah. A Game of Thrones until he was in his 40s. You know, uh, J.K. Rowling didn't find, didn't finish a Harry Potter until she was in her 30s. You know, us and, and all the people that I look up to, you know, some of them didn't even get any recognition. Yeah, that's you know, like Edgar Allan Poe and, and all those people that I love. So it's just a question of as long as you keep your head down and you do the work, you do what you need to do, you know, as long as you don't stop writing, then the, then you're not failing at all. You, you're doing what you're meant to be doing as long as you, you, you write. Because of how, how people around you feel about it, regardless of how whatever's happening around you, as long as you, you do what you were, you were born to do, then you're not in any ways failing. And then if you start comparing yourself to other people around you, you know, you, you, the hawk doesn't look down at the rat that's running on the ground while it's flying. Yeah, you can't. It's, you just have to decide. It's a decision that you make. <laughs> yes. 
uh, you, you, you just have to, it's a decision that you make. Do you want to be out there running, you know, or, or do you want to fly, which will take. That is true. Wow. Do you want to run or do you want to fly? And be able to do it all. I don't know. But yeah, that is one of those in 2000. That's very difficult to follow. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I think about this a lot. <laughs> I, I, this is something I've been struggling with uh, for the past three years now uh i feel like i've quit writing maybe uh, 50 times in the past three years i've been like i'm done i'm, I'm never writing again this is trash it's just just i'm just gonna kill myself and send myself to hell and then satan you know just just burn me until i'm nothing i just don't want to do this anymore and then and then i just start writing again and then and then i'm like oh this is fun i i miss this and then I quit again. And then I'm like, this, I'm back. I'm back. And then I And so with time, right. I think I've, still, I've sort of realized that this concept of time is like, is this, this inner clock that I have ticking in my brain to success. Like, because I read, like what, what Shanice was saying about comparing with people. Like, you about people like, um, I'm going to bring up the name Philip Yume, who um, just had his movie Burning Cane, like, come out, and it's, like, this super great movie about kids on the church and masculinity and all these incredible things, and I'm just there, like, uh, I'm just, he's 19, so uh, six years between us, and he's already there, that's, yeah, wow, so already comparing yourselves to other people is so bad cancer that gets into you and kills your soul so bad you have to, you have to cut it out of you it's 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 a disgusting thing that you just have to get rid of because it can kill your kill your art i think at the end of the day you have to remember that i think i think we forget sometimes because we're all trying to get published and stuff that this is for you as well this is your art like like you can just write you don't have to get it's okay <laughs> and, and i think i've sort of come to that realization recently and almost daily now like writing for and not getting published you know <laughs> and then maybe i and then my kids are like hey, right yeah, have some good novels in <laughs> <laughs> in, the, um, in the garage you know like i'm okay with it it's um i've sort of yeah like remember. listen dave like when i start i've been writing a lot yeah and when i started i was literally just i would write a story i was in boarding school first like i would write a story and would pass it around the class right like i would and, and i would have people when are you writing a story when i i would literally write little stories and pass it around the class and then i got older i would write it and just send it out to my friends you know I, for a long time i wasn't even thinking about getting published you know until it was brought to my attention and then as as you start trying to get that out there it does affect your work all those rejections because you're gonna get a shit mode and and it does affect you to like before when you were just you know writing because you had mm, yeah that's very true that is that is so very true i think about it well, let's hear from you yeah i think think about comparisons um i mean comparisons man i feel like uh, at some at some point it, it gets up to to, to more comparisons especially i mean I, I try my best to, honestly, I, I do. But then at times I always find myself, especially with people that I know, a lot of people that I know, probably 90% of people that I know in in our, are on the tree of our world, but in different branches, the tree of creativity, but on different branches, you know. They, they're doing different right. things, but every time I see them, they're like, they reach this new level of where they're going. They, they've done this other thing. And they made this other thing because this achievement going on. So it's always like, damn, you're doing that, and I'm over here doing what exactly? Oh, yeah, I'm not doing really a lot of anything. But again, uh, comparisons are difficult to ignore. You know, if you, if you consider your Instagrams and, and all the other, all the other toxic shit that you see on on TV and on our phone, and people coming up, 
did you know that uh, such and such a person just did this thing? They were so proud of them. And then, you know, and then, and then at the same time, you look at yourself and like, oh, I haven't really done anything, you know? And it kind of gets difficult to, to focus. No such for me, it does. For me, no such I, thing. I, 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 you've written, you've done something. No, I'm talking about you saying when you look. I feel like. Sorry, no, I interrupted, on, guys. I'm uncultured. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what I was saying is like, well, it's how you're measuring your achievements. Are you measuring your achievement by recognition by others? You know, are you looking at the stacks of pages on the corner there and the books that you've written and the stories that you've written? That's how at least I measure my accomplishment, not by, you know, the fact that I'm getting published or whatever's happening or whatever, you know, I measure my accomplishment by the number of good stories that I've written, how much of my world I've discovered, you know, in spite of, you know, other, again, it's something that takes learning. It's not something that you wake up in the morning. This is how I am. But yes, sorry for interrupting. That is true. I feel like, with my accomplishments, I always I always measure them according to this to the test that um, the nineteen year old me wrote for himself. It's still there. The pay the paper is like shit. Mm-hmm. But it's still there. It's still there. It survived like two moves. So every time I read that paper, I'm always like, I haven't done that. I still need to do that. So it's it's. it's... I know, but nineteen year old me always told himself that. You, you, there's these things you gotta do. I know I can still do them, but then you know, it's always a matter of time again. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm the one person in the world that beats himself up the most, like ever. It's not easy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I think, uh, Dave, you got anything else? I think I think we can now put an end to it. No, that was pretty good. I think that was pretty good for other people too. I know it was very writer heavy, like, uh, but I think. But I think that was the point of it, you know. That was the point of it being writer esque. Yeah, but I think it's also like good advice for people just in in other careers in general. Like, just stay in your hustle. You know, it's yeah. tough sometimes. Yeah, you, you look over from... the other side and you see people getting. Pro- just be like, oof. Yeah. Apart from me bumming it. But uh yeah. Um yeah, Shanice, thank you for joining us. Uh we'll probably, probably, yeah, we'll probably do this again. No problem. Yeah. The guest. <laughs> and then yeah, to the listeners, Ali J is on assignment, which is also known as a job. Uh, yeah, this has been episode two of Islands. And, oh, we um, should have a segment, by the way. We should have a segment with Ali where, like, <laughs> we do like a. Do you remember that show that Loisa Gola had? Where you'd call oh. um, David Kibuka. <laughs> Ali's away. We just call Ali and we're like, How are you, Ali? And he's like, <laughs> like uh, I'm in, yeah. I'm in Kenya, you know? yeah, right. This place is. You do that. Like, if he's working and cool. doing an episode, we should make sure that it's like around his lunch. You know, that it correlates with that, so we just bring him in for like an hour or something. Yes. All right. Now, again, thank you, Shanice. Uh, yeah, this was brilliant. No problem. Ah, thank it was you. fun. All it right. was fun, you guys. No, Sorry for the cursing no, and the and the shouting and all the yeah, other yeah. I mean, we like, we should do I'm apologizing, but I don't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah. All right, goodbye, everyone. Bye.